0: This is the Good Regardless podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Ariotto. Welcome back to Good Regardless. We are on episode four now. I am so excited to have you guys here. If this is your first time tuning in, my name is Leslie, I am your host. I have a couple notes for today note number one, my mother says that I'm saying like too much. And if you are from the Valley, you know, that is just part of our vocabulary. I need to work on that, but it's not my fault. Okay. I grew up in the Valley. Like is like a word we always say, I don't know. It's part of our vocabulary. It is what it is. Um, but I, I do think that, the valley has a very interesting rep. Like when you tell people you're from the valley and you talk like like and you da, 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 like they assume, you know, that you are some like, I don't know, just I don't know how to describe it without like being rude, but they just say you're like a valley girl, you know? But there are a lot of places in the valley that aren't quote unquote like bougie high end. Like I went to receita high school. Like it is the epitome of, you know not central for people who are going to be saying like a lot, if that makes sense. So um, there's just a lot of areas in the Valley that I think that we all just kind of get wrapped up into one, but I absolutely love being from the Valley. Um, I have grown up here and have lived in Northridge, uh, Reseda, I lived on Hatteras. I've now lived near, you know, the Topanga Mall. So I've just been around the Valley and I love it here. Even though I do think that we definitely need to start adding more coffee shops, which is why like when, oh, there I go again. Okay. I'm going to really work on it. But when Jesse's Grind opened up in the Valley, I was so happy because I am a coffee connoisseur and growing up in Orange, well, not growing up in Orange County, going to school in Orange County, there was always so many coffee shops to choose from. It was one of my favorite things about Orange County, all the coffee shops, um, you know, the breweries that were there, just so much to do. And I feel like the valley really lacks, you know, in certain areas. I love being from here, but I, and I I just feel, you know, now though seeing the evolution of it, it's really cool because there are a lot of places in the valley now that are just like, they're up and coming and, it, and it's cool to witness that. I'm like, damn, when I was younger, the valley is completely different now. Um, so yeah, Jesse's Grind, the coffee shop is on, I don't even, I don't know my streets. That's how you know I'm from the valley. I just know it's by the, the 7-Eleven, and um, I don't know what street it could, I I I couldn't tell you, I would say Wanaka area, but Jesse's Grind, it's a coffee shop, a Latina owned coffee shop, so amazing, such good coffee, and I'm just happy that we got, you know, we're, we're bringing up the coffee game here, we got Jesse's Grind, we got Blackheart, but that's a little bit further down, so if you guys haven't checked out Jesse's Grind and you love coffee, that's your place to go. Okay. So let me just start off by saying that. And um, also before I get into today's episode, which is going to be about friendship, friendship breakups, toxic friendships, you know, just all about friendships. Um, What I've learned in the evolution of having friends, um, because I do feel like having friends is so important, especially, you know, as we go through difficult seasons of our lives. It's so important to have like your girlfriends that are going to be like ride or die for you. You know what I'm saying? And, um, when I was thinking about this topic, I thought about like moments in my life where I've always said like, I don't really have a lot of friends, but then I really thought about it. And it was actually my family members that were like, you actually have a lot of friends. And then I was like, I actually kind of do. Um, but just like my perception of friends and, it made me think like, why I we thought I didn't have so many because I think that when you think of friends, you just, you think of like one dynamic, but there's so many different types of friend groups, friendships. So I really wanted to do this episode, but before we get into it, because we're going to talk about a lot of things, I'm going to give you guys also an experience that I went through, um, honestly, kind of recently with a friend that really just opened up my eyes to what it meant to be a friend. It really just taught me so much. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys about it because me and this girl that I'm going to talk to you guys about, we have been through some shit. Okay. We have gone through the mud and I'm just excited to talk about it. But before that, let's get into our questions. Ask less. I'm going to keep it, again, anonymous. If you guys have questions and you want to ask them on the next episode, you guys can always DM me. And I also have a um, like little form on the Good Regardless page where you can click and then ask the questions. It's always going to be anonymous. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this segment because I love giving advice, okay? I love giving advice. Sometimes I don't like taking it, but I love to give it. And if, it's, if I receive advice the right way, Like when it comes from a place of love, if if someone's giving me advice and like, you know, I know that they have my best intention and they're coming from a place of grace, like I'll take it. But I often feel like the advice that we receive is kind of like backhanded and it's it's not always like the nicest or comes from the nicest place. So I really want to try my best to give you guys um, you know, that advice. That's like, you need to hear it, but I love you. Okay. So the first question I'm going to answer is, still not over my ex, still lurking, and seeing his BF post herself in his bed hurts. So she's like really hurt right now. Advice, please. So she has an ex-boyfriend. And it looks like she's lurking on you know his Instagram and seeing like, it sounds like the best friend, like his best friend is now like his girl, if I'm reading this correctly. And that is foul, okay? That is foul. Fa- Okay, if this guy broke up with you and like ended up with his best friend if you are in a relationship Okay, you have a boyfriend you have a girlfriend. There's no need For a best friend of the opposite sex. Okay, i'm your best friend. You don't need another best friend I just don't buy that if if you have a partner And they have a best friend of the opposite sex That's a red flag That is a red flag. And I'm not saying that you are not allowed to have friends, you know, but to have a best friend of the opposite sex, you just have to be really mindful. When you're in a relationship, you are now saying, I am with this person, this person's feelings, they become priority over like this friend or whatever. And I often hear, you know, women talking about like their guy, their boyfriend having a girl best friend. And I just think that's automatic foul, like you're out um, because, you know, things, the the line can get blurred. You know what I'm saying? And I just feel like there needs to be some sort of respect there. And I'm not, you know, also too, there are situations where maybe you have like a childhood best friend, like, you know, a cousin or like, you know, it's a family member, but someone that you like met at work or like, you know, from high school or something that's like your best, your best friend. Guess what? you're the new best friend. Anyways, let me answer this question. So, my advice to you because you're saying that this hurts you that you are lurking and you're seeing that your ex-boyfriend is posting um, you know, this new person like on stories or whatever. First advice to you, if you are trying to get over your ex, but you're still lurking on their Instagram. Okay. Number one advice to you, stop emotionally cutting. Okay. By what I mean by that, when you are going to someone's page, especially if it's an ex-boyfriend and you're looking at something that you shouldn't be looking at, you're causing yourself pain. You're causing yourself pain and you shouldn't do that. If you want to get over him, don't, don't look, okay. Don't look. Do whatever you have to do to not go on his Instagram. Block it, mute it, delete it. If you need to delete the app, have that self-control because you're literally emotionally cutting. Every time like you go on his Instagram, you're like, emotional cut, I gotta see that. Emotional cut. I gotta see that. And it's not doing you any good. You're not gonna be able to get over the situation when you're constantly thinking about it and you're constantly going to his Instagram to see, oh, like who is he talking to now? Like, what is he doing? Like, and I think that giving yourself that space will allow you to move on from him quicker. I'm not saying that it's going to be quickly, like real quick, but I know if I was hurting and I was talking to a guy and then like we stopped talking, I just couldn't, I just cannot see. And honestly, I'm kind of like that. If I'm hurt by someone and like, you know, they did me dirty or like, for example, if I were to have broken up with someone, I'm muting you. I'm not seeing nothing of you on Instagram, on nowhere, my mental health takes priority. So I would for sure mute him. Don't look at his Instagram no more, step number one. And honestly, my second advice to you to get over him would really be to work on your, um, your healing journey. Like what things are you doing now to preoccupy yourself? I know me, like if I was in your shoes, I'm gonna do whatever I can. Like even though it may seem that maybe he quote unquote, one up to you because he's already dating somebody else. You are prime real estate. Okay. You were going to the gym. You're taking care of your your body. You're taking care of your health. You're becoming fit. You're being like, you're working on your confidence. Like you don't need him. If he broke up with you again, you don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you. So count your blessings because him breaking up with you, if, it, if that was the case is such a huge blessing because now you're going to be with someone who actually wants to be with you. And why do you want to be with someone who is like who you're an option for? Do you get what I'm saying? So if you broke up with him, again, like just remind yourself of why you broke up with him and that you are better off without him. You know what I'm saying? So definitely no more emotional cutting and keep doing things that are going to make you feel good, going to the gym, you know, making time for hanging out with friends, coffee, you know, just making sure that your schedule is like fully loaded. I feel like that's good advice for you. Okay. What is your biggest dream? Okay, so that's a question for me. I would say my biggest dream, honestly, is, it's going to sound cheesy, but it's just to live a happy life. I just want to live a happy life. I want, you know, to be married with rich i want to have kids with him and i want to like have memories like i just that's my biggest goal in life is to be happy and like i don't know how that's gonna look but if i could just be happy that would be a win i think that you know for a really long time i i equated happiness with just different things and I and I felt like I wasn't going to be able to be happy unless I hit certain checklists on my like you know goal list because I'm very goal oriented but now I feel like there's you can be happy genuinely happy in every single phase of your life doesn't mean that you don't have goals or things that you're striving for but I think that we live in a society that's constantly um, pushing us and telling us that we need the next thing to be happy we need this to be happy and I just don't you know think that that is correct. And my biggest goal in life is to just be happy, make a lot of memories with the people that I love, my family, you know, go on a lot of adventures and just enjoy it because it really is a short ride. So my goal, number one, be happy. Okay. Next question. Have you ever felt stuck in life? If yes, how did you get unstuck? Okay. This is a great question. I think so many of us go through periods of time where we feel stuck and that is just like oh you feel stuck how do you get unstuck you know um there has been moments in my life where i have felt really stuck um whether it be in a work environment where i you know where i i felt stuck uh, you know or even i think of when i graduated from college and i was trying to figure out my next step I didn't have a job lined up. I had just finished college. It was an amazing experience. And I felt really stuck because I think it was like about three to four months of me just like trying to find a job and nothing was hitting. Nothing was hitting. And it was to the point where I was just like, I am stuck. I I don't know which avenue to go. I was doing everything in my power to try to get to the next level um, career-wise and nothing was really happening. And my life began to change when I just really started to seek uh I was I was trying to seek instead of comfort I was looking for challenges and I feel like if you are trying to get unstuck in your life putting yourself in challenging positions is the perfect way you know always making sure that you are you know Doing things that are going to push you to the next level when we feel stuck, I feel like it's because we're in like a routine and a habit and we're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. So, when we're in that pattern of just doing things over and over, we start to feel like, Oh my god, like now I'm stuck in this routine that I don't like, I'm stuck in this relationship, I'm stuck in this job, I'm stuck in this life, you know. But I think in order for us to change our environment and you know, to to bring different things to our life. We got to do different things. A lot of the times we feel like we're stuck, but we're not really doing anything to um, fix that issue. So if you feel like you're stuck, First, I would um do the homework and ask yourself like what area specifically do you feel stuck in? And what is something that you can do today? And it doesn't even have to be like this big old thing, like, oh, I need, like you need to quit your job or anything like that. It could just be something tiny. And I feel like um switching up our routine is a perfect way to get ourselves out of like the unstuck um rut. I would also say to work out, cause I feel like when we are stuck, it's also a big mental thing where we feel like down, like we're just so tired and we feel so stuck working out, whether that be a 45 minute walk outside or, you know, finding some sort of a uh, physical outlet that you enjoy will start to give you that like little oomph again that you need to kind of just like start really going through life. Like, okay, I, like, I got it. I feel good. So um, my advice to you is to to start small and to add different things to your daily routine. So if you feel stuck, you know maybe you need to change up um, your routine and start adding some some stuff for you. Maybe you you gotta find a new gym. Maybe you know you have to do a, a class that you've always wanted to take. Whether that be like a cooking or photography, like or any little hobby that you want to pick up. And um, to remind yourself that this feeling is temporary. And sometimes when we're in like a stuck period, it's it's a waiting period and. This waiting period is not always a bad thing. Sometimes it's it's necessary for us to be in a waiting period because we're getting prepared for the next chapter of our lives. So don't be scared of being stuck. You're going to get unstuck, okay? Okay, so the next question is, have you ever heard of a story where a narcissist marries and is in a healthy marriage or know of someone in a similar relationship slash marriage? If a narcissist gets married I don't know if that could be a healthy relationship. When I think of a narcissist, I think of someone that literally just cares about themselves. And I think that is the complete opposite of marriage. I feel like when you decide to get married, you are completely giving up what is in your best interest for your spouse's best interest. And this is actually something that uh, me and my partner have been talking a lot about recently because we've been talking a lot about marriage and what that means so the word narcissist and marriage to me just doesn't make sense. And, um, you know, I think that if a narcissist gets married and maybe like these characteristics didn't come out until after you guys already got married or if it's someone that you know, um, that is really heavy because obviously you don't go into a marriage, you know, thinking that the person that you're going to like Mary is going to become a narcissist. You know, that that's crazy. Obviously, people are going to change over time. You're not going to, you know, marry the same person and expect that person to be the same forever. But to be a narcissist is, you know, not a trait that I'm sure anyone would ever expect in a marriage. I feel like for this question, it seems like, you know, it's a, it's a situation that either you're dealing with or someone that you know, um, and i I don't see how it would how, in what ways that it would work out with just you like together, I would you know definitely suggest, um, you know, maybe if if it if you're willing to um try couples counseling, um, I feel like that would be a really good option because sometimes when like we're in a relationship or when we're around people who are narcissistic, they're not gonna admit to their tendencies, and sometimes you need an outside mediator to help with that so yeah that would be my advice to you um please keep me updated on all these questions you guys like I'm genuinely interested in your guys's well-being so even if you guys shoot me a dm and if you need me to answer something like more on the personal level I would definitely do that okay this is gonna be the last question where do you see yourself in the next three years girl I don't know because I've heard that I think it was Chloe Kardashian, who, who always says this and it stuck with me. Okay. She says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. And I low key feel like that is so accurate because obviously like we, we plan, we plan, we plan. And I am a big planner, but as of late, I feel like, like, obviously I have like a general Like vision of what I want my next three years to be but i'm also really open to just whatever god's plan is And i'm just kind of really trying to take it more on that route than you know Have me be the one to to plan my life out Like i've tried that so many times and sometimes it's worked but other times like, you know It really hasn't like I even for this past year alone. I had all these different plans that Aren't probably going to happen right now because of the detour that my life took so, um I would say in the next three years, I would, uh, you know, definitely just throwing it out there for sure. Probably be be married, um, which is crazy because I never thought that. Not not that I didn't think I was going to get married, but um, definitely it's on the table a lot. We've been talking about it more and more frequently. So I'm excited about that. You know, just honestly, I'm really excited to just kind of like move forward with my life. Like I'm ready for like the next chapter. Like I'm ready to enter wifey season. Oh my God, I'm saying like a lot. Okay, let me let me calm down. Um, but I've been thinking about the future a lot. You know, I th- I think it's natural for us to wanna think ahead, but I feel when we are constantly doing that and we're focusing so much on the future, it just brings so much unwanted anxiety. So I do think it's good to think about the future, but I don't think it's good to, you know, be super like dwelling on it and just have such rigid timelines. I I feel like that's not, at least for me, like a way that is healthy. Um, But I have been talking a lot about just, you know, the next step in my life. I feel like I'm honestly trying to change it up scenery wise. Um, I haven't really told anyone out there, but I really want to move back to Orange County. I love Orange County and it just makes sense because Richard lives out there and we want to start like our next phase of our life. So we've been talking about that. So let's say a prayer for your girl that that you know comes into fruition okay all right so thank you guys for those questions so today's episode is going to be about friendship friendship is such an important thing and I and I feel that especially as women like we value our friendships friendships are so important we love our girlfriends and you know, I feel like when I was growing up, I always saw like the big friend group, like the group of girls, the big friend group, and to be honest, I've never really been like a, a like a a friend group type of person, like a big friend group. I have maybe like one group of friends that I like kick it with and it's not even that often anymore, and it's like a co-ed group and they're it's like a couples thing. Um, but Um, That's like the group that I've kind of considered like my friends for a really long time now. And the reason why I wanted to talk about friendship is because I do feel it's so important to have strong individuals in our life that we consider friends. And I don't take the word friend and use it lightly. I think I'm very, 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 um, you know, like selective on what I consider to be a friend. And I feel like sometimes, like, you know, oh, this is my friend and this is my friend. And I do feel like I have a lot of like acquaintances and friends, you know, I have a lot of friends online. I have a lot of friends that, you know, since I've known since high school and just a lot of people that, you know, I would consider a friend for sure. But it's definitely hard to develop like those really close bonds with people, especially with, when it's like so many. So I think that I've learned to just um, really cherish like the the really close friends that I have. And I think that it's it's been better for me because I've noticed that I'm... Um, A low maintenance friend, but I also like it's hard. It's I'm not someone that like is, you know, easy, easily to make friends because I am very kind of I say that I'm not easily to make friends, even though I have I, I just said that I have a lot of friends. What I mean by that is that I am very. My not walls are up, but it takes me a minute to to bring the the guard down. I really have to get to know you as a person in order to consider you a friend. Like I need to know you. I need to have conversations with you. I need to get to know who you are as an individual. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with like, you know, getting to know someone. And the friends that I have had, they are like, okay, if you're if I tell if I say that, oh, this is my friend, like I mean it. Like you are someone that like is, you know. A valuable person in my life. And when I was thinking about friendship, I was thinking about different people that I've had falling outs with. I've been, I was thinking about people that I've met that I've like reconciled with. I've had a lot of friends that, you know, didn't end up working out a lot of friendships that, you know, ended up falling off. And then I have friends that ended up falling off that came back together. So those different dynamics have taught me so much. And I think back then I operated like on a different type of friendship level. Um, and I, I believe as you grow older, you just learn that, you know, it's really important to be, you know, for me at least like a flexible friend and to be like able to you know, ebb and flow in friendship, I feel like a lot of the time friendships are so like rigid and there's like a a box that you have to kind of check in order to be considered a quote unquote good friend. And I just don't feel like that is the case anymore. And like when I thought about it, um, you know, we had been seeing on TikTok this whole like low maintenance versus high maintenance friendship, you know, ordeal. Uh, I've been seeing like posts about that. And I was really thinking about it that I'm like, okay, low maintenance versus high maintenance. I would definitely consider myself a low maintenance friend. And I don't know if that's because I'm in a relationship. So, really Richard is like my best friend. Like I'm not even joking. And I think that when you are in a relationship that just naturally happens that your partner really becomes your best friend. And even though, you know, you have your girlfriends there because you do need um, people to talk to, especially if, you know, you're going through a difficult period of time in your relationship, um, your partner should, I think for sure, be your best friend, especially as you evolve in the relationship that eventually, you know, over time you just become... It's just like a bond that is unlike, you know, anything else really. So I feel like as I progressed in my relationship with Richard, I've just become a low maintenance friend because that has just taken up more of my time. Some of the differences between a low or high maintenance friend, and it doesn't mean that, you know, just because you're a high maintenance friend, it's like a bad thing. I feel like it may have like a bad connotation, but I've just realized over the years that I thrive in low maintenance friendships. Um, low-maintenance friendships means that they're easygoing. Um, there's no need for like a constant intention. So this means that you can like pick up with your friend that you haven't talked to in months and it'd still be okay. Um, you know, sometimes low-maintenance friendships are better for people who have a busy schedule. Like if I'm super busy, you know, The person that is also low maintenance is going to be understanding of that. Some other characteristics that I wrote down that I thought were really interesting um, low maintenance friendships, um, they value their time together, even if it may not be a lot. Like, say, for example, you only see your friend like once every two, three months, like that time is still so valuable. So, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a low maintenance friend. It just, I feel as you grow older, Things just change. I think when you're in high school, your friendship and your friend group is kind of really all you got. Like you're not really like you know worried about career stuff. You're probably you know just in like this like high school college bubble, so it's all about friend time and da da da. You're not really thinking about all the other things that happen when you grow up. So low maintenance friendship, I feel to me is where I feel the most comfortable where I know like, okay, like this is my friend over here. You know, I, I may mean, not talk to her every single day, but she knows like where my heart's at. She knows where I lie. She knows that like, if she needs something, she can call me, but I don't need to be constantly calling her. Like, I don't need to be like walking on eggshells if I tell her like, oh, like I can't go to this thing. Like I'm actually not available. Um, so this past, not this year, but the year before that, I really started prioritizing what was going to make me happier and also what was going to make more sense for me. So um, the beginning of last year, I started saying no to a lot of things that I didn't want to do. And I think that really upset a lot of people because I really started to just be like strict on what's going to be best like really for like myself, like I wasn't really trying to go out to the club anymore. I was really just trying to spend a lot of time with Rich because um, he actually lives in Orange County. So when we hang out on the weekend, it's pretty much the only time that we have. I was going to church a lot. So those things were really important on my like checklist. And I didn't want to compromise the things that were making me mentally like fit and making my soul feel good, you know, for like going to the club or like anything like that. I wasn't trying to do anything like that. Um, so a high-maintenance friendship looks like a lot of communications. You're constantly hanging out. Um, you're together all the time. The person needs a lot of emotional support. Usually a high-maintenance friend will also like require you to spend like a lot of time with them. And they usually... Feel like their their time is more valuable Than like the time that you spend with other people So I looked up I'm like what's the difference between like A low maintenance friend and a high maintenance friend And I'm like oh I'm for sure a low maintenance friend Like I'm for sure I, At least now Maybe back then I wasn't Because I, I feel like again Like I didn't really have much Not that I had much going on But I was in college Like friendships were all you you kind of have You know you're, you're, you're hanging out all the time You're going out all the time So like that was like a constant thing But I have <laughs> come to realize that Um, you know, I really, really love low maintenance friendships because I think that it allows you to be who you are. And I feel like when you're in a low maintenance friendship, you always feel, you feel secure. You feel secure, even though it is low maintenance, because your friendship and your bond is so tight that it doesn't matter if you don't spend every single day together. If maybe you don't talk on the phone every single day, like you just know that, That love is there, so I think there's something really special about low maintenance friends, and um, my my closest friends are low maintenance best friends. Like even though I talk to them every other day, or you know maybe every three days or whatever, like I cherish the time that we spend together. And I want to talk to you guys about a story of a friend that I had, a friend that I have had for a lot of years, and I I believe that the average span of a friendship, like a a person, a woman friendship is usually 16 years. So that is like the longest friendship timeline for females, which I thought was very interesting. I have been friends with this individual since probably sixth grade. I'm 27 now. So it's been a pretty long time that I've been friends with this person. And I want to share this story with you because this really just opened my eyes, y'all, to what maybe I was doing wrong and how I could be a better friend. Because I think a lot of us, you know, we're not perfect. And it sucks because I feel like when we're in friendships, they almost expect us to be perfect, especially when it's like, you know, a high maintenance friend or whatever, like you are expected to be this certain type of way. But bro, like friendship or not, we're all people dealing with our own messes. So this experience with this person really just taught me that I had some, I had some things to work on. Okay. Let's just put it out there. So I have, I have this friend. I'm not going to say her name because I don't know if she wants me to out her like that, but I'm pretty sure, sure. Like you guys know who I'm talking about. I've been friends with this girl since sixth sixth grade really she was in my family group chat like she is like someone that i consider like a sister like the closest thing i have to a sister is this girl right so we had been close you know again she is someone even though she was like my bestie like i always consider her like a low maintenance friend because when i moved off to college i wouldn't really see her that often but she was just always someone in my life that i knew was just like that's just like my girl like she's my best friend um and there was a period of my life that we just weren't clashing anymore. We weren't seeing eye to eye. We were both like going through different things. And I was just starting to like feel a certain type of way about that. I was really just starting to feel like, damn, like we're just not meshy. Like maybe we're not meant to be friends. And I feel like we are so cutthroat these days. Like if you or a friend, you know, doesn't meet your expectations, you're cut, you're out you're done. And that was how I operated for such a long time. Like if you cross me or if I felt like you hurt me, you were exiled, like you were done. And it wasn't, I don't think like a way for me to like try to be like mean or anything like that. I just feel like it was kind of a coping mechanism really, because when I felt hurt, especially hurt on a level where I couldn't comprehend you know maybe me doing that to to someone or like that type of hurt like i just i built walls that was like my security thing like if i was feeling hurt the walls are going up empire state building high okay walls are going up and for such a long time like i felt like this was the best way to operate but this situation taught me that that is so wrong because when you build up walls, especially if it's people who have hurt you and you decide, okay, this person hurt me building up the highest walls so I can never get hurt again. I'm done. That is creating your heart to be so hard. And when you create these big old walls, you're not giving room for grace you're not having room for anything besides really bitterness so when i'm upset or you're upset and you're deciding you know what this person harmed me like i i I, like i just i'm so hurt i'm putting up the walls and i you know i'm done like this is the last time you building up those walls is only gonna lead to you building up resentment and building up resentment in your heart you guys is so so bad for you not even just for that person but you building up resentment is is making you be a way that I don't feel like we're intended to be we're not meant to hold up anger we're not meant to be resentful people we're not meant to be mean people and when you store up this anger or this hurt without letting it go you really are causing yourself a lot of pain so i was going through this period of time with my friend where we just were like you know it just we weren't vibing and i really didn't didn't have you know it at that time the knowledge that I have now to really sit down and have a conversation with her at maybe like oh these are some things that are actually bothering me like I want to talk to you about it I kind of let these feelings fester up like I just certain things that were happening I was like oh like we don't really align anymore like I don't really like you know I'm not really feeling you as a person and once I started to say those things because you guys the things that you say are so powerful you will start to like really like make it become like this big thing, right? So we had gone to um, Scottsdale, Arizona with my family, you guys, because my cousin was getting married. And um, this was like already kind of like, we were already like not doing well. And I don't even know if she knew this because I never really told her. I just kind of like stopped answering her phone calls and I just was like, kind of like, you know, at a distance even more so. And so we're in Arizona And we got really, really drunk, you guys, like super intoxicated. And a situation happened at the airport. We were supposed to come home and we ended up being super belligerent in the airport. And we almost got arrested because the cops had to come. I'm sharing all the tea with you guys. Okay. This don't, don't be judging me. This is, this is Leslie BC. Okay. So we, this whole, mess of an event took down okay we were the last ones to be in the airport we were you know completely belligerent and then it was like a catapult of events I had lost my phone we had got kicked out of the airport we didn't have a flight to get back home my family was gone and then it was just everything was just piling after piling after piling it was like the perfect storm okay and I was so upset because I felt like this was so not something that should have happened. And then I had lost my phone. Okay. i I lost my phone. And at that time, like I was working on my cell phone, like everything that I did was a, a vol- revolved around my cell phone. I, it's like for my, for my job. And, um, what had happened was I was like, I need to get my phone back. I know it's there in the bathroom. And we pretty much got kicked out of the airport because of like a scene that had happened because we were like intoxicated and I was in the bathroom and something had gone down. So then like the, the, the cops were about to come, like the mall cops, the mall cops, the airport cops. And, um, I remember like explaining the situation about like, Oh, like I need to get my phone. And anyways, it just turned into like this whole nasty thing. And I remember like, we went back to the, um, to the hotel. Cause we had to get to a hotel. It was like two in the morning and we weren't meeting eye to eye. Like we were like, Like me, we were not agreeing on the situation because I had, it was just, I don't want to go into too much detail, but we were just not agreeing on what the next step was. And I was so upset, you guys, like, it was like the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back and it was so much anger that came out of me and I had vowed, okay, that I was never going to talk to this person again. To say that to someone, I was like, I am never going to talk to you again. Like once we get back home, I'm done with you. And I mean it, okay? And you guys, it was a year of that, of me building up the walls, of me standing firm on this horrible decision that I had made, of exiling this person in my life that I had known for years. Okay, so... (laughs) I needed a second because we was not crying on the podcast. So in this time, it was a year span of me not talking to this person, this person that I considered a sister, this person that I have grown up with. I didn't talk to her. And, um, you know, she would try to reach out to me. And I was just so hurt. And I was just like, no, I'm done. This was the last straw for me. Like you crossed me. And I was so firm on that decision. I remember my dad would talk to me about it. My uncle, like everybody was so invested because this person had been around my life. And um, after a year of me being so stubborn, you guys, so stubborn and not, not understanding that even the closest people to you can make mistakes. Even the closest people to you can sometimes... Hurt you in unintentional ways and I don't think that that means that that person isn't worthy of a friendship or that person isn't worthy to be in your life If you can really sit there and say that you've never made a mistake Then okay, but none of us are perfect We all fall short in certain ways and I think it's really sad because I feel that you know a lot of friendship. And because we do not give the other person grace we want them to be how we want them to be we want to control the friendship we want them to fit our box and a real friend a real friend a real friendship is going to ride with you is going to love you is never going to bash you is never going to put you down and even if maybe they they have concerns they're never going to say it in a way that makes you feel bad about yourself or makes you feel like you're not a good friend. I definitely feel like in friendship groups, it's important to communicate the things that we're feeling, but when it starts getting to a point where you're communicating and you're you're bashing or just saying like mean things or, you know, not really taking the time to communicate, it's more of a one-sided conversation that it's hurtful. And when I went through a year of not talking to this person, finally you know, we had decided to meet up and we were going to meet up at Eureka and I met up with this person and I just explained to them that it was more than that one situation. It was like a whole thing of of things that I was feeling. And I realized that that was kind of like the first time we had ever talked about it. And this person, you know, was very like responsive. She also explained to me like the way that she had felt and it was a really first good step in our reconciliation. And mind you guys, I never in my life thought that I was going to be able to have this friend back in my life. Like I thought this was like a complete done, like unsalvageable. Like I thought it was like, this is over. And now like we go to church together. Like we talk about Jesus together. We like share so many similar values. And I think about the grace of God and how he can really restore and transform all sorts of relationships that to me is un-speakable like, like it just shows you how amazing God is in his grace and I think that me allowing God into my life really showed me that I was really being unfair to this person who has been with me the whole ride you know this one maybe bad year was like shouldn't be enough to cause someone to be exiled of your life and I remember like um you know just thinking about that and even now so it's like I feel like a lot of the times for for women we think of like oh like friendship is 50-50 friendship is you know 50-50 all the way. And I strongly dislike that statement. Friendship is not 50-50, okay? Friendship is sometimes 80-20. Friendship is sometimes 60-40. We as individuals are constantly going through different phases of our lives and we cannot expect to always be there in the same way. You know what I'm saying? Like A friend... Real friendships allow people to change, allow people to grow, allow people to have their seasons of maybe I'm not going to be here so much. I'm going to be over here because this is better for me right now. Real friendship is there for you and isn't going to just toss you to the side or like end something because they don't agree with the way that you're handling a situation. Like I feel like also before like if, you know, a friend didn't take my advice, I'd be like, "Well, you know, like this is my advice that I'm giving you and you're not taking it." And I also feel like that's very problematic. As a friend, we're supposed to be there to offer our advice, but it's not our life, okay? It's not our life to to say, "Oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. If you don't leave this person, I'm not going to be friends with you. This guy's bad for you." You know, part of being a friend is knowing that, you know, sometimes our friends are going to have to go through what they go through on their own. And the best thing that we can do as friends is be there for them. I feel f- now friend the idea of a friend Friendship has become like, okay, you're my friend until it's convenient. You're my friend until you piss me off or until you do something that, you know, I don't like. And that just to me is not the idea of what a friend is. That's not what a friend is to me. And like thinking back at it, like I had this conversation with this friend and I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we reconciled at least like if I see her, it won't ever be like anything bad or anything. And we started going to church together, you guys, and going to church together, we just started to talk about, you know, all the ways that kind of like Jesus has kind of brought us back into each other's lives. And I feel like we needed to go through that. And sometimes the strongest friendships go through the most, you know, horrible things. Sometimes they go through breakups and then they come back together. And I just feel like, you know, those friendships are so strong. If you can go through things And like, you know, still like walk through life together. That is such a strong friendship to have. And it's such a blessing. I'm so blessed to have the women in my life that, you know, despite me not being perfect, they're there. And that is, I think, very rare. I think that I've come across situations where, you know, maybe people have felt that I didn't meet their expectation. And it sucks when people make you feel like, oh, like, oh, you're not a good friend, You know, especially when you've done everything in your power to be the best friend that you could possibly be. And if people don't see that, I think that's unfortunate. But I also think it's, you know, our responsibility to have grace for people and to, you know, allow people to believe what they want, to feel how they want. At the end of the day, like, you know who you are, you know what your character is. And if a person doesn't value that, there's going to be someone that does. And this friend that I've been friends with for so long and me having like this whole thing that I was never going to talk to her again. And then like for us to be able, I think it's so amazing that we now go to like church together and like now our friendship is way more stronger than it was before. Our, Our friendship is so much stronger. I feel like we like connect on a different level. It's not surface. And also if you're listening to this, like I do think it's important to have allies, have friend like really strong friends that you know, you can go to that are actually going to want the best for you and are going to encourage you. And I don't think friends are supposed to be yes men, like, oh, always telling you yes or just telling you what you want to hear. But I do think it's important to have friends that are encouraging you, that are speaking life into you. It's cool to have the friends that you're going to go to the club with, that you're going to hit up for brunch, but it's also important to develop friends that are going to be be there for you in the really hard seasons. And I think that if we prioritize that, it'll help us like become better women. If we, if we focus on, you know, creating meaningful friendships, um, it is just a, a game changer. I don't, I don't doubt for a second that, you know, friendships are not important. Like we need our friends. And I know for a fact, like God did not intend for you to be here on earth without having friends, without having, you know, even if you have one or two girlfriends, like that is a blessing. One or two real girlfriends in your life, one or two solid like homegirls that you can hit up is to me, like you won the jackpot. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we see on social media, like, oh my God, look at this person has so many friends and it's always going out. But friends of quality are way more important than friends of Quantity having quality friends is so much more important than having a quantity of friends. You can go to friend, you can go with anybody to the bar. Okay, you can go to with anyone to go have brunch, bottomless samosas. But there's only a few people in your life that you're going to be able to call on when you are in your low moments in life. And um, I think it is important to to nourish those relationships and to protect them because they're a gift. Friendships are a gift; they really are, and they take a lot of work. Um, I also think it's important to set boundaries for yourself. If you're in a friendship that maybe you feel isn't bringing the best out in you, it's important to um, take yourself out of that situation, or maybe just like taking a little pause doesn't mean that you know you don't have to talk to that person ever again. But if you notice that maybe you know now you're having to walk on eggshells with this individual, or that this person isn't bringing out the best in you. It is okay to take a step back. And if this person is really your friend, then they're going to understand that and they're going to be okay with okay, you know what? This person just she's she's doing her thing right now and and that's okay. Um I feel like that is one of the key things I've learned in, you know, my adult life of having friends is is understanding that I'm not here to control anyone. Like I you do what you do like you are over there, like I love you so much and I'm gonna give you my advice even like when it comes to like guy advice, even if I agree or I don't agree, like I'm gonna give you my advice in a very loving way but I'm never gonna make you feel bad for, for choosing different and I feel like oftentimes we as women you know, get upset because we're, you know, we're protecting. We want our friends to, you know, be with good people. We don't want to see our friends hurt, but sometimes like our ego can kind of get the best of us. And instead of, you know, having a friendship that is based off like love and grace, we have a friendship that's based off control. And we're not here to control anyone. I feel we're all our own individuals and we just don't really need that. I also know that it's really hard as an adult uh, to make friends I know that that's something that is difficult for a lot of people because obviously, you know, we're not in school anymore. So where do you meet friends? I feel like the best thing that you can do is if you see someone online and you know that you would vibe for for, like with them, I would highly suggest sending them a DM. Like even if it's someone that, you know, maybe you've never really met, but it's like an acquaintance from a distance or whatever, like, shoot your shot don't be afraid to make friends even if you're early like later on there's a lot of people that you'll be surprised that you actually have a lot in common with um it can even be something chill like going to get coffee I've developed more friends now in my later years and I found that usually like they're also a lot more meaningful because we just vibe on a different level like I said it's cool to have your friends that you're turning up with but make sure you have a solid group of people around you that are going to be like giving you life that they're going to be motivating you. They're going to be pushing you to to be your best version of yourself. Um, We need those type of women in our life. And I highly believe that it's possible for us to have them. I would also encourage you guys to go out of your way to hit up the friend that you don't talk to anymore. Like maybe, you know, you fell out with this person or whatever. Um, It's always possible to reconcile. Like I can't imagine if you were to tell me this, like, you know, even a year and a half ago, like, oh my God, I'd, I'd be friends with this person again on this level. I wouldn't even have believed you. So it's just so amazing how much something can transform when you allow the grace of God to enter in your heart. When you allow his grace, his love, his compassion to enter your heart, it will transform your life. I was in the Bible the other day and I was reading it in Matthew and I came upon a scripture that I was like, okay, that really makes sense. And now I'm gonna always think about that when I operate in my friendship groups or my friendships. And it's pretty much Jesus saying that we shouldn't judge other people because the way we judge other people is the way that we're gonna be judged. And he talks about like having a log in your eyes. So he's he's pretty much explaining like, oh, this person who is so concerned about the log, which is like, it's a a parable. It's not really like a log, but it's so concerned about what the other person has that they're not even taking into account what they need to fix or what they have. So I think now when I, when I think about my friendships, I always remember that because I feel like we are creatures of like wanting to feel like we can do no wrong. And we, you know, sometimes lack that grace. So remembering that has that has really helped me out a lot. Like, and before I go and be like, wow, I can't believe this person did this to me. Or, I'm such a good friend and this person, whatever. I take a second and I really just ask myself like, okay, like, you know, who are you really to judge? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we definitely need to operate on that more than, you know, having just like this bitterness, bitterness in our heart. Um, that's where I want to conclude today's episode. If you guys, you know, have someone in your, in your life right now that you're thinking about after listening to this episode, like, damn, like I miss that girl. Like, why haven't I talked to her in so long? Or wow, I miss that friend. Like extend that olive branch. I'm telling you it'll feel so much better. And maybe you won't, you know, get back to the point where you're like besties again, but at least knowing that there's no animosity and there's no like just bad vibes, you're gonna feel so much better. That is like my homework for you guys. If you know there's someone in your life that you feel maybe you had a falling out with and you know, you feel like there's room for reconciliation, do it, be the bigger person. I promise you're not gonna lose. Like you're gonna you're gonna feel so much better when you allow that grace to enter your heart and you make reconciliation. It's just it feels so good. Um, I'm so happy that I was able to come back now and like i see this this friend that i have and just the level of like maturity that we've both grown and just you know growing together in our faith and just everything that has happened since then it is just so nice to have. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we fought for our friendship because sometimes friendships are worth fighting for. Um, if you're listening to this, I also, you know, would encourage you to to have your boundaries. If, if you're in a situation where you feel like maybe your boundaries are being crossed, um, I feel like the key to friendship is just always making sure that there's mutual respect in our boundaries, mutual respect in who we are. And there's never, you know, that loss of just like respect. Even though if we need to communicate, there's always, you know, a level of, you know, love and just consideration that should be done when we want to communicate. So just because you have a friend doesn't mean that things always have to work out or you always have to agree. But respect should always be, you know, number one, no matter what. And I hope that you guys, you know, have those people in your life that you can, can count on. And if not, I'm praying for you that, you know, you find those people that, you know, are solid that you can count on. And sometimes it's not even like friends, maybe it's just family. And we have people in our life that are capable of growing that relationship with It's just um, up to us to kind of do that work. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on friendship and that it left you guys feeling, you know, good, even though it it, it was in the beginning, you know, maybe not the bestest story because it was, a real story about me and a friend who really had a really hard falling out you know the reconciliation is everything and I'm so grateful for all the amazing women that I get to call friends and I'm so happy that I get to call you guys friends and if you guys can please like subscribe and share the podcast it would mean so much to me I love you guys so much I hope you guys have an amazing day and that I see you guys on the next one bye